Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus. A salty, slightly cynical conversation about epilepsy, neurological disorders, and occasional random tangents. Together, we explore the synaptic jolts that short-circuit one's world and the mental and emotional fallout that comes from them. And if that sounds heavy, don't worry. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B. Thanks for joining us today. We have a uh, friend of the show back again. Uh, Rachel Duncan is with us. She is, uh, let's see, an emotional health counselor, mental health counselor, mm-hmm. art therapist, and financial therapist. Mm-hmm. So you you take care of it all. It's it's everything is taken I care of. I try to. <laughs> I just have. I like having a lot of irons in the fire. Thanks yeah. for having me back, Micah. It's really great to see you, and it's nice to see that your assimilation is nearly complete. Thank you. I'm still waiting for like the Bluetooth and the laser pointer that I can, I want a laser pointer with next upgrade, you know, just shoots right out of my pupil. Let's start planning Halloween 2023 right now. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) Well, in, in, you brought this up. It's actually a beautiful time where this is recorded on the 30th. I really want to hopefully get this out um, by the new year. Uh, we'll see how the energy levels go. I got llamas to feed too, so it's it's I'm I'm a busy boy for the next week. Um, oh but my yeah, God, I want to feed llamas with you sometime. Oh God, you got it, you got it. I still oh I still have to send you pictures of the art studio and the llamas and. Oh yes. 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 Definitely. Love to see that. Uh, speaking of of the art studio, I'm going to be uh, the host for next Thursday's portrait night. A bunch of the art community comes over and they they paint. There's a model who gets paid to come in. And uh, yeah, George usually does it. Mm-hmm. And they're up in Missoula. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be kind of hosting and, you know, collecting money for the model. And so it's going to be very interesting. You'll be a master of ceremonies. I'll be the master <laughs> of ceremonies. I actually know how to do that too. You do. You're very good at it. <laughs> uh, but uh, getting back to it, man, I'm the master of tangents, is what I am. Ooh. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, being that it's it's pretty much the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking a couple of things we could talk about. At first, I was thinking like we could talk about resolutions and goals and things like that, and how to approach it for the new year. Because I think some people, and we talked about this um, just last week with my my uh, fellow epileptics on random foster cluckery and we we've dedicated some time to it and there's some ideas i have uh but we could talk about that there's also something i'd like to touch on we can touch on the uh next subject either now or maybe maybe uh early in the new year but you had sent me a great a great uh article about about how to take care of yourself how to ask for help um, and some of the reasons we have a hard time asking for help. I read through it a couple of times and I actually have it open in my screen, but I really, yeah, yeah. And I really like it because, um, I think just human beings in general, especially Western, um, culture has a hard time reaching out for help. Mm-hmm. Don't know how to ask for it, or m- maybe something gets in the way or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, what do you think? What are you in the mood for? Would you like to talk about that? Or? Well, 
I actually really see a synthesis between those two because I, I think we're just at this collective point where connection is so key and I'm, I'm not one for resolutions, I have to say. Um, but I do get caught up in this feeling of newness. Like right now, I, I think it's so inherent to like think about the new year and kind of recovering from the holidays. And it is just like a natural time, but, um, I try to not be really restrictive with myself. And I also try not to add more to my plate. So, but the thing I would add, I guess, my exception is connection. I will welcome so many more connections and new connections, deep in the connections that I have. And that's where my growth comes from. And I would, I think it stands to reason that's for most of us, that our greatest points of growth are when we're very connected with other people. Um, even just that feeling of connection with other people, even at that the moment you're alone. <clears throat> so that's that's kind of where I am. And I think all the facets that I'm involved in with the art stuff, with the financial therapy stuff, it's actually, it's all rooted in connection and love. And the, that's the basis for all the work that I do. And I think it's the basis for anything we want to grow and change into instead of, I have to do this or I need accountability or da da da. Like I just don't see love there. And yeah. that's, that's why I think often those resolutions don't last. I like that. I, I like that. And that actually ties in very well with the conversation that we had, me and my buddies had about resolutions. And mm. um, we decided resolutions are misnamed. They should be named goals. And you can't really set a realistic goal until you resolve some of the things that have been holding you back in, in the year you're in. Um, That's such a good point. I never thought about that. Yeah, because resolution is actually indicating an end closure yeah but we use it as a future maybe that's why there's this disconnect like i resolve to get in shape but it's like that's actually not resolved yet <laughs> maybe your intention is resolved but that's not really yeah you're right it's not quite the same thing because a goal is a future oriented thing which is actually what we're talking about yeah yeah and when you resolve something uh just that is like like i felt like shit last year for not doing something so i resolve to address that and move forward. That's when you set mm -hmm. the goals of, I'm going to lose so much weight. I'll go to the gym, mm -hmm. things like that. But before you set the goals, exactly. Mm -hmm. You got to resolve some of the reasons. Why are you setting the goals? Mm -hmm. But but the, the whole resolution thing, it does come off as more, you got to do this. You got to do that. And, and it's very individualized. It, uh -huh. Yeah, the whole concept is not is not it, it says you have to do this next year but it doesn't give you any kind of template or guideposts mm -hmm. to actually do that and mm -hmm. your idea of connection and um and really as being the important thing i i love it and it actually ties in a little bit with with some of the stuff i've been going through is mm -hmm. that i i got alone so much and I got to the feeling, and this ties along with this article too, uh, that whole feeling of I have to be independent and self-sufficient, mm -hmm. that that male Western, you know, uh, mm -hmm. that just, there's a couple of others, you know, little trauma that might be holding me back or, or yeah, mental blocks, money blocks that are keeping you from... Oh, and 
Micah, just like you said, like this, you know, Western male, and I would venture to say also white, this is the white patriarchy at work. This is the white patriarchy actually telling us that we need to do it alone. So then we're actually not very strong. And when there's such a paradox, actually, if you, you know, you see people in power, white, wealthy men in power, they are very networked. They are not doing this stuff alone. Yes. And this sort of bill of goods were sold that like of the lone cowboy. Um, I think it really, it, it, it is what enforces kind of these institutionalized um, stagnation. I don't know. It's like a big uh-huh. word. Um, but like, I think that's one of the reasons we think we can't, or we we don't feel like we can get ahead or we have these blocks because we think we have to do it on our own. But actually anyone in power never got there on their own. They might think they did, but we know that they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, that's something I've learned, uh, especially this year, is that I'm not going to, I'm not going to move forward in my voice work without my coaches and the audio engineers that are helping me with demos, right? Um, I'm not going to move forward alone in bringing this podcast, Seizure Salad, up to kind of the next level to be able Mm -hmm. to raise funds. I don't know if I want to make it a nonprofit or a for-profit, but I do Mm want to raise funds and stuff. But it's a lot of work too, so I I need to be able to pay myself for it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But but I I can't do it alone. You know, there's little niches and corners of, of all of these goals that I'm setting that I can't do. And I don't have the time or the, the energy to learn all the other things, the peripheral stuff. That's where I need people mentally Mm -hmm. and emotionally. Um, I've been putting myself through a wreck. And this is something I think a lot of epileptics go through, especially those who's developed later. Um, you have this social life and then you lose it and you're just, mm, it's stuck. And you realize that, you know, bringing yourself out, you can only do so much meditation. You can only do so much exercise and all the self help stuff. But really what helped me pull out of my depression and get me more positive and thinking forward again, uh, was my, my friends and my loved ones, those people in your life that just randomly check in on, Hey, I was thinking of you. Hey, Mm -hmm. are you okay? Haven't heard from me in a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, those were the things that kept my hope going. So Mm -hmm. it's not just the physical, um, goods for goods type or, or, you know, the leg up type thing, but it's also with the friends. It's and just it's a some, connection. I got you. Yeah, like I, I got you. You popped into my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm connected yeah. with you. I, I heard someone say on some of the many podcasts I listen, she said, when I say I'm your friend, that means I am responsible for your well-being. I like I that. Like, yeah, there is actually a responsibility. Like when I'm someone's friend, I do. I, I take I, you know, not saying that like it's some codependent thing, but like, yeah, your well-being is really important to me and I'm invested in that. And that is why we're friends. Right. Right. There's there that and that's part of the um that's part of the definition of connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a one-sided thing. It's not it's not, hey, let's go, let's go have a couple of drinks, let's go party, let's go to this concert, and then afterwards you're on your own. Mm-mm. Right. Right. We're following up with each other when you feel like even 
if we're doing these surfacey things, you know, we're also, there's so much going on with our nervous system and how we co-regulate and how we're impacted by each other without even, you know, so subconscious and, you know, certain people you might be drawn to or certain people you don't want to be with. There's, there's a subconscious, very physical um, connection we have with each other. And um, like, I'm really reflecting on in my work with clients that I think I'm a regulating force for them. And just in the process of having a conversation with each other, it's there, sure there's the words said, there's the information shared, there's the cognitive insights, but um, on just like this physiological level, we are doing so much more with each other. We are connecting with, with each other and we are feeling safe. We are, we are social creatures. We've talked about in other episodes. And so when I feel like I'm safe with somebody, I, I feel generally safer and we all do. This is like a human, a human um, thing. Yeah. It's a, a human thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yes, 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 yes. Um, now that the, now that they're got me on one drug instead of three, mm-hmm. I'm, start beginning to feel my feelings again, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Oh, with some of the drugs dampening your, Oh Lord, your yes. or changing yeah. it drastically. So you yeah. don't know what's, what you're feeling is, is actual feeling reaction to the external stimuli or the, mm-hmm. or the emotional stimuli, or if it's something that the drug is, is bringing mm-hmm. friends right. and family all are noticing that, that I'm definitely a lot more, um, aware mm-hmm. and there's more clarity and that I'm generally happier for the most part. So that's tremendous. That's tremendous. Yeah. Oh, these drugs, the side effects are, they're just rough. And then you end up, I'm guessing I have not, I, just as a reminder, I, I do not have epilepsy, but I've worked with folks who, who do live with it. Um, but I can imagine just being medicated and not sure like, yeah, what's you, what's the medication. And then you end up turning inward a lot, right? Like, and I would guess you start to lose trust of yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you start to lose trust of yourself. And, and this goes back to the asking part of it. Um, if you have, if you're one of the, those people who have a very hard time asking, then it's really easy to fall and, fall into that pit and not be able to pull yourself out. So <clears throat> there's, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's this realization that I've been going through that I can't just be in the pit and hope that someone throws me down a rope. Mm-hmm. Like I gotta, I gotta yell up to the surface again and let people know that there's someone down here mm-hmm. and doesn't want to be down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a little trick sometimes. Someone taught me this, I think when I was a teenager, is like actually if you want someone to reach out to you, um, ask someone for advice. <laughs> it's kind of like a, a more powerful. The first thing that happens is the world goes black. You just hear a little snap when your neck rolls back. You don't bite your tongue off or foam at the lips. And before you hit the ground, there's a moment of bliss. It's like token a spliff. It's like shedding your skin. It's better than the best train wreck there's ever been. You have to let it in as much as it's upsetting to wake up with bruises you don't remember getting. You don't remember how the hell you ended up indoors. You don't remember whether you...